This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. everyone. Welcome to the podcast today, the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast, where I talk to individuals that have created businesses out of their own genius and their own expertise to help inspire you to think about your business differently. Today, I'm Shelby Jo Long. I am CEO of Business Dynamics, and I am also the Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board. And I'm excited to have this interview today with Maria Mays. Maria Mays is the founder of this program called Take Five. And Take Five has many ways that we can all manage our anxiety. I think it's a very appropriate interview to have at this time as we're all in Zoom. We're all having the stress of getting back to work and engaging with people in a different way. And I think it's just a really, her method is really amazing. So I'm excited to hear more about it and hear about her background. So Maria, welcome to the interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Shelby. And thank you to your listeners for giving us this time. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Again, I think wherever you're listening to this podcast, this is a podcast that and your service and what you focus on is something that we can all be aware of. And maybe we don't think about it as much as we can. So I'm excited to hear about the background of this a little bit. Can you just give me the overview of the background and the business and how it developed before sure. we... Dig a little bit deeper. I'd love to. Thank you, Shelby. So my journey towards taking my power back from my anxiety has been a long one. Um, So um, really started in symptoms in early childhood, even though I didn't realize that till much later on in life, of course. Um, But I was in the uh, technology industry, the software industry for the majority of my career. Um, And probably was had a story similar to most of your listeners where, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, you get into college, you get good grades, you keep your credit score high, you get a house, you get a career, you, you do all this stuff. And you find yourself at some point being caught up in the hamster wheel of productivity and possibly start to experience some health effects. So I had some, you know, long-term things that I was managing through trying to find natural means to do so. So when I found out I had anxiety or got the general anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis, I was in my early thirties and I was diagnosed, but I did not have acceptance quite yet. Right. This guy's off his rocker. What is he talking about? You know? And at the time I was working with a neurologist and we were looking at anxiety being a potential trigger to uh, uh, what was initially diagnosed as a seizure disorder when I was um, a couple years old. So two years old, and then later on re-diagnosed as a nervous system dysfunction. And so once I found out, okay, this is what my, my trigger is, or once we identified and it, it, it kind of is and kind of isn't. So that's just more growth that came down later on, you know, more information, more uh, knowledge than more um, answers, right. To our questions in terms of health issues. But as I started to Once I found out about that anxiety, of course, uh, they put me on some pharmaceuticals initially. And then I started to search out alternative methods just because the side effects um, for me, since I've been on and off seizure meds my whole life too, was there were always more 
the side effects outweighed the benefit for me and everything that I took. So I really wanted to try to find a way to manage it naturally. So I started seeking out different options and I um, started with a breathing exercise that was made popular by Dr. Andrew Wheel, which is, or, or made mainstream by him, I should say, which is a four, seven, eight breath. So it's just one example of a, a rescue breath, for example, that I use. And that started kind of a, once I found some power in that and saw how it was able to help me with not only my nervous system function, but also my anxiety, then I started to delve more into it. But I was still so caught up in the rat race that I wasn't ready to fully transition to something like that. So my journey to take five is a little slower in that I um, was still going a million miles an hour. And I found myself, um, as I think a lot of people do, especially now, um, in this sandwich, right, where I was caring for children that were young, I was traveling a lot, you know, really, you know, pushing forward, advancing in my career. And then I was taking care of uh, aging parents and helping um, uh, as a caretaker. Um, And so I continued to push, push, push until my body said, no, you're hitting a wall. Um, And so with that, I had a bit of a, um, well, the the world would call it a nervous breakdown. I'm going to call it maybe a a breakthrough in that (laughs) it, it, it stopped me in my tracks. And when I started my journey back to myself, I, I couldn't fathom taking, you know, an hour to myself because I'd been so ingrained in taking care of others and not taking care of myself. It just, it was so foreign to me that I had to start small. So I started by taking five breaths and then I started by taking, okay, five minutes. I can do five minutes. And then from there it grew. Um, so that was back, oh gosh, almost a decade ago. Um, since then I, I got my yoga teacher certification in 2018 and I, um, co-founded a wellness center, um, in the central Valley of California here where I live and still was powering through though, doing that as my kind of side hustle to help pay it forward, uh, to pay that healing forward and share it with others, but also still, um, in that comfortable safety of having the known. Right. And I think one thing specifically like with your listeners, with the, you know, this entrepreneurial journey here, it's, it can be a challenge to step out of that safety because, you know, what the world tells you, what the conditioning tells you, you know, is that that safety is so um, important, right? It's, it's the, it's uh, too risky to step out. And so that's what I told myself for quite some time. And then an opportunity to really look that in the face was at the beginning of the pandemic, the company I'd worked for uh, most recently in the software world was decided to uh, basically close their American operations. And so I had to lay off my team and then I was laid off. And so I was at a crossroads. Well, I can go back into uh, the rat race here, or I can take this opportunity to pivot um, and to really step into uh, my Dharma, pursue my my passion work, which is really helping others take their power back from anxiety. And so um, with that, you know, even stepping into it was a, a bit of a slow process for me. I decided I couldn't fully step into it until I did more work myself. And so I went on a 14 month journey of education and deep self work. Um, 
and then took about six months to start to integrate that. And now I'm just stepping into this full force, ready to um, really uh, share my message with the world. So again, I appreciate your opportunity that you're providing me today to share it because I think we all underestimate our power in terms of being able to uh, take back control using um, some of these natural methods and also tapping into the wisdom that's already inside of us. But it's just the world's so noisy. We kind of don't hear it sometimes. It really, so many pieces of that story resonate, uh, resonates, I'm sure with the entire audience that you have, particularly like the, the, I want to talk about the awareness of anxiety and where that is, because often, you know, in the transition moment that we make, whether it was your transition to be not going back into the rat race, but to like have the awareness that you are having success. You are moving up in your industry. You are having more responsibility and making more money, but then don't realize the, the pulls of your family and, and the, this, the, I, you talking to you that the other I've had a few other people talk about that being the sandwich generation that mm-hmm. we're caring for aging parents and we're caring for our children and we don't realize that stress and I think that the you know it feels like you have a couple of breakthrough points where you're like I don't want to go back to that I need to take my power back but then maybe that happened in a few different areas of oh nature. yeah I'm a, I'm a tough learner so I'm a I'm a <laughs> uh, I had to uh <laughs> learn the lesson many a times until I really, you know, I really listened. And so I, and I think that's, that's something that I try to uh, help my clients see too, is that, you know, it starts out with a whisper. Our bodies will maybe tell us with maybe a little neck and shoulder tension, or, you know, you mentioned, you know, a lot of times we don't even realize we have anxiety. And I think that's something that's really, you know, the world kind of looks at maybe anxiety as, oh, someone having a panic attack, right? But there's this subtle uh, lower chronic level um, that is kind of ingrained in our culture of productivity, right? And so that can manifest itself. For me, for example, it was through digestive dysfunction, Um, which a lot of people don't correlate, but there's a strong correlation there. It was finding myself short-tempered with my family. Um, It was self-medicating with wine after I came home from a long day to take the edge off or numb the anxiety, right? Um, Lots of different ways, insomnia. Um, So there's so many different ways it can show up in our life that aren't necessarily what you would think of textbook anxiety. But that is, I believe, and there's a lot of studies to support this, that the underlying current is that that anxiety or that fear-based living, if you will. So, Mm. Absolutely. I think there's, again, not discussed. So when, tell us about the point where you realized that anxiety was at the base of your tension that you were feeling in your body? You know, when I originally was told by um, the doctor at the time that I had the diagnosis, I, like I said, I was in disbelief. And then it took me probably a few years. I don't want to say a few years, maybe at least six months to a year to really accept that. And I started, and I truly didn't, at that point, I could, 
I could identify some of the sensations in the body. I wasn't correlating these other ancillary um, resulting symptoms that I just mentioned. And that was over kind of a slow progression. And so what really led me into that self-awareness was a practice of yoga and then also meditation. So meditation for me has been the single most uh, powerful way for me to really take the reins back on anxiety in that um, it can set myself up for a baseline if I start my day with it, right? And it can also help me become so self-aware that I catch myself when I'm starting to go back to old habits and um, patterns like the habit of worry, right? Um, So what I found is the more I got consistent with my meditation practice and with my lifestyle in general, in terms of um, nutrition, in terms of sleep hygiene, all the different things that it's, so it's just not one thing, right? But it's a variety of things, but one kind of all grounded and rooted in meditation being the the key and breath work. And and that's the type of um, meditation I teach is a combination of mantra based and meditation. And so it was a slow revelation, I guess, to answer your question, but there were some specific pivotal moments in that, you know, with the diagnosis, with seeing, understanding how I could then adjust it and seeing it in my body. And the the interesting thing is I was using this techniques for almost, oh, I would say almost a decade to manage what I thought was anxiety triggering a seizure, but it ended up being a nervous system dysfunction that has very similar sensations as anxiety. And until there was some testing that definitively said, no, this is anxiety versus this is the nervous system dysfunction. And a lot of them go hand in hand, right? So Um, For my example, that's why my anxiety started so young. You know, in my early childhood, I never knew when I was going to lose consciousness and hit the floor and maybe convulse in front of the kids on the playground, right? So never knowing when I was, yeah, so never knowing when I was going to hit the floor created this level of being in caught in the sympathetic nervous system on high alert when it's going to happen. I've got to protect myself and I've got to, you know, be worried about the future because I don't know if I'm going to hit the floor or not. And so that of course then manifested differently as I aged and became, you know, a career woman and a mother and, you know, a caretaker and all those roles. And so I would just uh, say to kind of wrap that up in a little bow that the more self-aware we can become to be able to listen and actually have a dialogue between our body and our mind, right? Versus just having a constant monologue one way or the other, then um, that's when you can really start to take your power back. I I wanted to talk about your, that whole self-awareness and discovering how those different, how these different stresses and anxiety are impacting your physical being and your life and your multitasking and all those things that are happening. It affects just about everything. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have a an outside person, a coach, if you will, to help you discover those things. So can you talk a little bit about your coaching program? It sounds like it's a combination of quite a few different things. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a well-being coach as well as a teacher of meditation, yoga, Ayurveda, and uh, mindful wine tasting or mindful tasting or consumption of any food or drink, but I can't wait until that comes more virtual. (laughs) Yeah. 
it actually, we're working on a program right now where it is uh, going to be virtual led. So um, that's exciting. But so I, so with take five, my intention is really to meet you wherever you're at on your journey. And so if you are in a space where let's say, like I was, you know, at one point where I couldn't fathom taking more time for myself than just five minutes, then you can start with take five. So I have a um, video subscription service where I have uh, small businesses that have team plans. And then I have individuals that subscribe where it's a five minute stretch and breath breaks designed to release physical tension in the body, which for a lot of us, especially if we're like this on the keyboard, I'd say is the neck, the shoulders, the back of the skull, uh, the low back as well, um, to release tension there through gentle stretches and and breathing exercises um, so that we can become more focused and productive and um, less tense. And so that's designed to just be done during the workday at your desk and your work clothes. Don't have to go get a yoga mat and, you know, do downward dog or any of that stuff. Um, So that's kind of an entry point. And then for those who want a little bit more, you know, there's classes um, that I have early in the morning for those looking to start their day by setting themselves up for success, releasing stagnant energy and stepping in with real focus in the beginning of the day. And then I also have um, the coaching aspect. And so um, if you are at a point where maybe you're you're ready to make more of a transition in some facet, let's say, um, whether it be career or relationship or health, uh, there, you know, at that point, you're ready to take a few more steps forward, right? You're ready to spend more than five minutes, but I incorporate all those other, um, the classes and the breathing and everything in my coaching. So my coaching clients, really what I've found is as an outcome, Um, there's a few key things that are always the result. One is self-awareness because that's a skill and it's not something they teach in school. God knows I wish they would. I wish they would because I think this generation coming up in particular um, could really benefit from it. Um, The other is learning how to be fully present then. And you can't get one without the other, right? So developing that self-awareness skill allows you to then become fully present for whoever you're with. So if it's your team that you're leading at work, if it's your family, um, if it's a loved one, you know, a lot of times we are so used to being productive that our minds are already at, at they're thinking of, oh, this is my to-do list. This is what I've got going on. I got to do that. Did I get the grocery? Did I pick my son up on time? You know, all these different things are spinning while we're having a conversation with someone and we're not fully present then. And the gift that you can give to uh, your team at work, your colleagues, your family, it's just, I believe that being fully present is the best gift you can give another human by fully being there to receive what they're saying and be of support, right? So that's one piece. And then to self-awareness and presence and also self-compassion. So in fact, I was just writing about this uh, yesterday in a blog post, the the compassion, self-compassion practices, you know, we don't think about them necessarily that much unless you're doing it on the daily like I am, but we're there's with the negativity bias that we're wired with as humans, um, it's second nature. I mean, just to stop and think, 
take one day where you just kind of track all the negative thought loops, like what comes up in the mind, just keeping an eye on those, right? And just making like a tally of them at the end of the day, be blown away by how many you've got, right? But it's how we're wired. But the thing is we can rewire. And so that's another outcome that I see is is to cultivate that uh, self-compassion muscle because just like working our biceps, we've got we've to work that like a muscle. So with those three kind of key outcomes, what I'm seeing in my clients, they can then make the transformation that they want to make. So even though they don't come in saying, I want to be more present, I want to be you know more self-compassionate and I want to be more self-aware, those are kind of the spheres, right, of where we do the work. And it's really, I'm there as a guide and a spiritual partner, if you will, and a source of safety to allow my clients to do the work. They're doing the heavy lifting. So, but it's a, it's a probably, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to do this because being, bearing witness to someone who's stepping into these things of self-awareness, presence, and compassion, and the changes that they're able to make. And probably more beautiful than that is what the people in their sphere of influence see and what they comment. That's when it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. And so I feel really privileged to and honored to have that opportunity to see people do such amazing work. And I'm just kind of there as a guide. So those are the the main components. And then I also have an online course that's coming out here um, in October. Um, So that'll be another option. That's a little bit more fun in terms of it's called chakras and Chardonnay. So I I pair um, some wisdom teachings along with learning how to mindfully and professionally taste wine because I've been in the wine industry for about a decade as well. So yeah. I love that combo. I also, I'm just, just kind of guessing, and I, we've talked about this before about how you probably work with mostly professional women. Is that, is that the, is that the ideal client area that you usually work with? So I, most of my clients are working parents with high stress jobs and high demand family life. So, um, I would say it's actually 50, 50 right now, um, male and female. But it's been historically more, I would say, 60, 40, 70, 30, but I'm starting to see uh, more men. And that's, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing because I think culturally the suppression that's expected or culturally trained, the traditional male role versus traditional female role of just, you know, powering through, not showing emotion, like fuck it up, you know, Absolutely. to the freedom that can occur for any human really, as they start to step into these places of more vulnerability is huge. I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I've just seen so many amazing transformations that I'm just, like I said, really grateful to be able to witness it. I just thought when you were talking about the different areas and the self-compassion, the self-awareness and, and the, just thinking about how, yes, for the professionals, professional parents, that's so important. I work with college students and just, you know, when I teach, I discover like what a distraction this is and how that takes away so much of your attention. And it's so hard for people to be present when we're used to having this and having the answers at our fingertips and to be in just in the world of communication, which is the world that I'm in and how it's very much taking some time and being conscious of that. And, 
yes, in the demographic that you work with, it's very important because you're stretched in so many different ways, but even just instilling those habits early is, is going to likely lead you away from this, the going down the rabbit hole of having all that stress and understanding yourself. I think there's, there's a lot of power in that with multiple audiences. Yeah, there, there's definitely, you know, um, I was training some, so I do teach yoga privately too. And so my, my services and, and I teach meditation for people who are um, wanting to learn that. And so I basically combine those all in, in packages for my coaching clients. But I was training um, a college um, volleyball team um, this past spring, a beach volleyball team. And I had asked the coach, well, you know, as we were trying to figure out if this was a fit, I said, you know, everything I do is kind of grounded in anxiety management. So do you see, um, do you ever see pieces of that in the team? And her response was, oh gosh, it's, you know, it's the, the change that's occurred over the last few years with that. It's, it's a very common thing that they're managing at a collegiate level for sure. And so I, I agree. I mean, I think this is something that could start in elementary um, and then um, be ingrained there because, and it's something that the way I am right now reaching the children is through the parents, right? And so if we can model stepping away from this, if we can model taking time out to just be still and to have no distractions, if we can model giving them our full presence to really allow them to be heard. Even if we don't like what we're hearing, because I got two teens, I know how that (laughs) works. That modeling is it's more penetrant. I feel like than anything we can verbally say to our children. Absolutely. Um, And I am working on a project geared at teens to help with this specifically to help step away from the, the phone as well by having something tangible. So Um, Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, all the technology, right? And so I think that's why, you know, with the reminders that go out to my Take 5 members um, five days a week on the weekday, it'll be just through different times in the day, just pop in your inbox and say, hey, how long have you been sitting there? You know, how's your neck feeling? So we just get in a position where we're just working, working, working. And if we look at, I'll just show you this, for example, since we're on video here. If you look at how I'm holding my phone right now, this is probably about a 45 degree tilt of the head. This is how most, I mean, we don't, we're not like this, right? When we're on our phones, very rarely. And right. So, we're not, never like that. So that ad at this point, when my, my shoulders and neck are in a neutral position and my head is upright, the, the skull weighs about 10 pounds, like the size of a bowling ball. And then it adds weight for every degree you come forward. So what happens is when you're at about a 45 degree angle, you've got the weight of about five bowling balls now pulling at those little tiny neck muscles and our bodies are not designed for that. So if right. we can step away to consciously say, okay, I need to do some stretching. I need to ground. And even if you don't think you need to do that, if you get a little reminder to do that, it can be um, really helpful in terms of the overall physical feeling at the end of the day after a long day at the desk. So absolutely. Well, I I think you have a treat for our listeners. You're going to walk us through a take five. Yeah. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. let's do that now. So um, I think that's a, we're at a good point to do that for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. So what I'm going to encourage your listeners to do is if you are um, driving, you can do this, but just keep your eyes open. And if um, we're turning our heads a little bit, just be mindful to keep the eyes on the road. <laughs> if you're in a place where you're standing, if you can sit great, if not keep folding the laundry and, and maybe put the towel down and then just stop and listen. But if you feel comfortable closing your eyes and you can do that. You can close your eyes. If you'd rather keep them open, just try to keep the gaze soft. And so by soft, I mean, if you were taking a yawn and you were kind of sleepy, the way those eyes get a little heavy is the sensation that you'd want in the body. And I just want you to notice wherever you're at, the sensation of whatever's touching the floor. So maybe it's the feet, maybe you're in a car. So it's the floor of the car but the wheels are touching the ground. And just imagine for a moment that foundation or that road that's underneath the floor that you're touching. And underneath that, the soil. So no matter what type of surface we're on, if we dig deep enough, we'll get to some soil. Just consider the sensation of stability and structure that that provides you. Bring your awareness now up to the base of your spine, right around your tailbone, kind of in between the hips. And just notice how you feel in that area. If it feels compressed, we're going to try to elongate a little bit. And by that, I mean, just extend from the tailbone to the navel. If you could stretch out in that area, just gently allowing the back to get a little longer. Just notice how that feels. And then from your belly button to the center of the chest, can you lengthen there? So just as if those discs were starting to grow and push out, stretching into each vertebrae, just get a little longer. And as you do that, notice if anything shifted in your shoulders as you did that. We're just going to allow the shoulders to kind of soften on the back a little bit here, just allowing them to come a little bit softer. And we're going to lengthen through the cervical spine now. So if uh, your listeners are old enough to remember ET, extend that head just like ET would lengthening through the crown of the head. So just stretching that head up and just notice how that feels to have more space in the neck. And then I just want you to notice how that feels to be so extended. And we're going to now gently take the chin up towards the ceiling. So just take an inhale as you do that. If you're driving, keep it to where you can see the road, please. And then we're going to exhale and we're going to drop that chin all the way down to the chest as far as you can go, keeping visibility for driving. And just take a breath here with that chin dropped on the chest. Just take an inhale and an exhale. And then we'll gently take the head back neutral. And then we're just going to turn it to look over the right shoulder. So just gentle here, just turning, looking over the right side and just noticing how the left 
side feels. So notice the collarbone, notice the shoulder. Can you soften that side? We're gonna take a breath here. And as you exhale, drop that chin and we're just gonna make the outline of a necklace. So just making the outline of the necklace on the chest until you find yourself over the left shoulder. And just notice now, can you soften the right side? And taking a breath here, we'll make another outline of a half necklace here until we find ourselves back over the right shoulder. And then gently turn that head back to neutral. And now I encourage you to bring the awareness to the top of your shoulders. Just notice for a moment, what are you carrying there? What type of weight with your responsibilities, your to-dos, all the stuff? Let's just release some of the stuff here. So inhale, taking the shoulders towards the ears as we inhale. And then as you exhale, rolling the shoulders and allowing them to drop onto the back. Let's do that a few more times. Inhaling, shoulders come up. Exhaling, just allowing whatever weight you're carrying there to release. And just one more time like that. Shoulders come up as you inhale, kind of like a turtle going in a shell. And as you exhale, rolling them back, releasing some of the weight you're carrying. Now just bring your awareness to the center of your chest. And just notice your breath. Just notice the breath coming in and going out. And just taking a moment to rest with the breath. Inhaling, maybe noticing its temperature as it comes in. Exhaling. Just noticing how it feels in this moment. And when you're ready, if your eyes are closed, gently opening them. <laughs> so we just took five away from all the stuff. How does it feel? <clears throat> that feels great. I think that's a, oh. I don't know if you were searching for a response, but that is such a nice way to focus and such a nice way to just take some time and relax. Yeah. So I think we don't realize how tense we are. <clears throat> I know a lot of times I find myself, you know, getting really focused on a project or, and not realizing, you know, the tension that's occurring as a result. So I think just taking those little breaks and, you know, I think the average American, when we're breaking, we're scrolling, right? And so it's just, um, and my apologies for my phone going off at the time. I thought I had that on silent, but we're so used to doing the scroll and it's kind of, it's just like a mindless action, right? And it's fine. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it's nice to put that aside and just reconnect with the body noticing because awareness is the first part, right? Just noticing how we're feeling in the body. So. Absolutely. Oh, what a treat. That was really great to be able to do that. Thank you for walking all of our listeners through that. That's amazing.
for sure. Marie, where can we find more about you? Can you, can you give us our, your contact information, website, all that kind of stuff? Yes. Thank you. Uh, take five. So it's T A K E the word, take the number five dot health is my website. So rather than dot com is the domain it's dot health. And so there you can find all the different options available to you. You can subscribe um, to my newsletter. So I release one stretch and breath break, one take five a month. That's not behind the paywall. So any that's what my subscribers will receive one featured take five a month. And then also just share well-being tips and different ways and tools to take your power back from anxiety. On social media, I'm at at take five health. So same thing, just no dot in between the five and the health. So I'd love to, yeah, have the opportunity for you guys to click on a video. There's one on the website as well. And just, you know, think about even if you don't have five minutes for a breath and stretch break, you have the ability to take five slower than normal, deeper than normal breath cycles. And that can change everything in the moment. So it just reminds me of one tip. I always tell my public speaking class that if you take a few deep breaths before you start, it will help you focus. It will slow your heart rate down. It will just bring you and center you. I think that's a great, just even if you can do that. Well, Maria, I'm excited to hear about all the options that you can provide to your clients, your new ideas that are coming out, your new programs. It seems like you have something that can fit in corporations that can fit just with everybody. And I'm excited that we had the opportunity to experience that here today. And I'm really glad that you came on the interview to tell us more about your business. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it, Shelby. It was fun getting to chat and to do a take five with you and appreciate the listeners for giving us a space. So thank you very much. Well, thank you again. And it was, it's always great to hear from an expert, from a genius that has transformed their life passion into a business that can help others. So again, I appreciate you and listeners. I look forward to the next time when we interview another genius entrepreneur that has helped, can help you move forward in their own genius. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.